welcome. This is The Collective View. I'm Jane, a clinical nurse specialist. And I'm Mary, a mental health counselor. Join us as we cover a variety of topics on total health and wellness. Welcome to The Collective View. Hello, everyone. Welcome today. This is The Collective View. Hello. And we have a special guest coming to us all the way from Ken, Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. So our topic today is on spiritual health because spiritual health is one of those pillars of health for total health and wellness. And we wanted to have, we'd like to have experts come and speak in regards to their areas of expertise and you are a theologian. So, I mean, who better else to join us for this conversation? (laughs) I might think of a few, but <laughs> I'm happy to be here nonetheless. <laughs> and we're we're actually super excited as well, Ken, that you're joining us today, because as you can see, we have really been upping our game, and we are in a wonderful professional studio down here in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Name is Jane. This is a studio podcast. Right. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is this is a historical moment as well <laughs> in the it's, collective it's, view history yes it's extremely impressive it's, it is really really impressive so oh. good good for you guys thank, thank you. you thank, thank you. you so much mm-hmm. so you know we we speak about spiritual health and and i know that a lot of times people um have a hard time understanding what's the difference between spirituality and religion and i want to mm-hmm. start just really making a, a just a nice clean explanation for those of us out there because i have people that fight on this topic Mm -hmm. all the time yeah it's it's become very common you know to hear something along the lines of i'm a very spiritual person but i'm not religious that it's a very very common thing that the people say nowadays and what they usually mean by that at least in my experience is when you hear someone say that that they're saying i don't belong to any organized religion but I still have a deep faith or I still have some spiritual practices that I'm very committed to. I just don't identify as a Catholic or a Lutheran or what, whatever sort of name we might give, you know, a particular religion. Um, And so that that's typically what is meant. But when you really stop and think about it, spirituality is simply an outgrowth of whatever religion we happen to, to believe in. And that means even if I don't believe in any religion, right. that belief also has its own spirituality that kind of just is the natural progression, the natural outflow of that belief system. When you really break it down you know, at the most basic level, a religion is simply a set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and those beliefs kind of go across the board in terms of usually when we speak of religion, we're talking about Belief in something transcendent, belief in divine, belief in a God or something like that. But that also then it it really affects every area of our lives because that would also have implications for one's ethics or their moral code that they live by. Uh, Their their belief about life after death, for example, Uh, the belief of how we should live here and now. You know, when you really stop and think about it, any sort of belief system that kind of deals with questions of God or the divine, um, questions of, of who we are as human beings and what we should, what our lives should look like or how we should behave or act, 
questions about, you know, the world. Why does the world exist? What does it exist for? Those bigger kind of questions as well. All of those really are, are questions that, that kind of would pinpoint whatever religion we happen to to ascribe to and, and, and believe in. Yeah. And do you kind of find there is a common trend amongst all religions that there is some kind of higher power and there is a benevolence with most religions and doing good and serving others, helping others and just, you know, becoming the, in that way, just, you know, calm and peaceful and that, that type of set. Absolutely. Uh, at least, at least the major branches of religions that we are going to be familiar with for the most part, you're going to see some very common trends, which is why if you look at, for example, you know, the, the three biggest monotheistic religions, you look at Christianity, you look at Islam, you look at Judaism, um, all of those really have a very, very similar moral code. Mm-hmm. They have a similar, not, not exactly the same, but a similar understanding of kind of our responsibilities as human beings and also kind of a similar understanding of who God is or how God has, has spoken to us, things like that. Mm-hmm. But even if you branch out further and go to some of the, the, the um, you know, religions that aren't necessarily monotheistic that are polytheistic, something like Hinduism or something like that, you're still going to look at the base. You're going to find a lot of commonalities in terms of something like ethics. There's certainly going to be disagreements. There's certainly going to be differences. But when it comes to, you know, something as simple as being kind to others or being helpful or being honest or, or not doing harm intentionally to other people, you're going to find very sort of common uh, themes really in, in any sort of, of the major religions that, that you're going to encounter. Right. And, and having all that so well-defined, you're, you're such an amazing speaker, Ken, <laughs> you're such a Thank good you. teacher. So really learning alongside you as well. In terms of spirituality, when we think of that, we also really want to also encourage people to recognize how incorporating whatever that spirituality spirituality looks like for you, the impact it has on your total health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly amidst the past, <laughs> how many months now, Jane? Oh, we're about 18 months of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, 18 months of a pandemic. Um, it certainly, I think, has uh, come up for a lot of people. If you weren't connecting with those thoughts about mm-hmm. this subject, um, it certainly has been something that has come up because there have been so many health challenges. And we say, when we say health, we say mental and physical health. Absolutely. You know, and I, I think in many ways, when we're talking about spirituality, you know, we, we easily, we, we talk about mental health and mm-hmm. physical health all the time. We're used to those topics. Can we have an understanding of that? But I think sometimes the, the element of spiritual health is overlooked a little bit as an actual source of our, of our health and the implication that our spiritual health has on our mental health and, and, and our physical health even. Mm-hmm. I like to go back to, now you've probably heard of um, the shoe company Asics. Yes. Um, the running shoes, all of that. What you may not realize is that Asics, that name is actually an acronym going back to a Latin phrase, which stands for anima sana in capore sano, which means a healthy soul in a healthy body. Oh. And so the idea is, is that our soul, our spirit, our mind, our body, they're all connected. Yes. Even though we can talk about them in kind of, you know, very specific terms that at the end of the day, they're all connected. 
And that's where that spiritual component to us as human beings, if we neglect that, we shouldn't be surprised to see the effects that it might have in other areas of our life as well. Um, just as if I neglect my physical health, I shouldn't be surprised that it's going to have effects in, in my other areas as well, too. And so really incorporating all of those things together is ultimately where we're going to get. And when we're you know, in the middle of a pandemic, we've, we've really seen this because our spirituality in, in, in so many ways is really about connection, connection, ultimately, hopefully with, with the divine or whatever sort of belief we have in, in the transcendent, but also connection with other people. And also connection with myself, and so during this this pandemic that we've that we've been enduring, um, you know, if if my spiritual connection has been altered or changed, mm -hmm. then I shouldn't be surprised to see its effects in you know my mental health or my physical health or something like that. Because again, they're all so intertwined and interconnected that you change one, don't be surprised that you see the effects in other areas of, our, of, of your life as well. Right. And I think especially just the kind of the, the forced changes of the pandemic has really kind of brought this to the forefront. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of, you know, negative things that we can see from that, but right. I, I think there's also some positive things right. that we, we can also glean from um, the experience of the pandemic, spiritually speaking. Right. It's, you know, and I'm curious, I, I wonder if you've noticed any kind of trends because of the past year, and it's sometimes I feel like everybody that goes through their generation is dealing with the worst thing than the previous generation. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm wondering, is there a maybe a big shift that's happening? Maybe people becoming either more spiritual or perhaps leaving organized religions um, concept or even questioning spirituality when things are happening as such. Um, you know, a lot of people refer to this as sometimes a Darwin thing going on, quite honestly, mm -hmm. which... Mm -hmm that's a whole nother conversation someday, but, um, yeah, uh, but truly like, I'm wondering, are we going through a renaissance of spirituality and religions as a whole? I, I think in some ways, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the pandemic has really been kind of a catalyst for some of this without question. I think one of the, one of the biggest things that I've, that I've witnessed that I've seen that I've talked to many people about is the fact that, you know, if, if you're dealing with, and I'm just not, not to be stereotypical, but if you're dealing with, you know, your, your average American Christian mm -hmm. who practices their faith, mm -hmm. that typically means that, you know, I pray, I go to church on Sunday, mm -hmm. and I try to be a good person. And there's, there's, a, a, very, um, there, there's a very kind of neat package mm -hmm. that all of that is wrapped up in that becomes very comfortable for us and that we just kind of fall in line with. And then with the pandemic came, I could know, at least for a while, you couldn't go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now suddenly this, this routine that I've established is no longer able to be lived, at least for a time. And what seems to have happened often is that even though now people can go back and kind of at least mostly restore that routine, many simply are choosing not to. Mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of saying that, you know, I survived for all this time. Um, without having to have that that same routine that I've lived the rest of my life or up to that point. And maybe I miss that routine a little bit, but maybe I don't. Mm -hmm. And maybe in that, I've had to take on uh, a, a kind of my a greater responsibility for my own spirituality. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard, I've certainly heard stories of people who cannot wait to get back to that routine because yeah. that routine really drives them. The and I can, I, we've the, spoken uh, about patterns in human lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and, and so there are so many people that, that 
really are hungering for that that routine because that routine is what kind of anchors or solidifies their connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also seen a number of people who are, you know what, it just doesn't do it for him any, anymore. I've had to kind of take greater responsibility for my own spirituality. And maybe, and I've heard this a few times, my prayer life maybe is much better now than it was before because I was just going through the motions before, but now I've had to really make it my own. Right. And that's not to say that some of those people won't also maybe return to those routines in some way, but that, again, as a catalyst, the pandemic has in many ways, I think, brought people to say, okay, if I really believe this, if I really want to express my spirituality or live my spirituality a certain way, I'm going to have to do it on my own. I'm, I'm, I don't have to depend on this routine in order to make it real in my life, even though that routine does provide some structure and comfort and everything else. Nevertheless, it's, it's on me at the end of the day. Right. You know, what I really love about that message, Ken, is we're speaking about the fact that during the pandemic, people have really face the idea of, I don't have to be restricted. Mm -hmm. And again, is finding yourself connecting with that spirituality, making what that purpose or meaning, what works for you. I mean, Mm -hmm. we certainly also saw it in our healthcare with our teams, with so many different environments, school teachers having to go into remote learning, things that we never even expected were actually going to happen in life. And we had to kind of think about, you know what, learning can still happen in a different format. It doesn't necessarily have to happen here. Is it different? Is it difficult for those, those adjustments for some people? Yes. And our our last episode, we mm-hmm. were referencing unexpected. Mm-hmm. So we know that all of this is wrapped into there. And what a beautiful message to recognize again is we are speaking about spiritualities. It's mm-hmm. not something that you may see. We've been dealing with mm-hmm. a virus. It's not something that we can see. <laughs> we mm-hmm. speak about physical and mental health and some of these symptoms, you may not see them at first, but that, that does not mean that they are not there. So exactly. I think that it's um, it's great to hear that. Are you seeing uh, younger populations getting a little bit more grounded with spirituality? Uh, yes and no. What, what, what I've what I've seen, at least in, in kind of in my teaching experience, dealing with a lot of kind of the, the younger generations, um, what I've seen is that there, there seems to be um, an approach to spirituality, and I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, but approach to spirituality very similar to, you know, an all-you-can-eat buffet, where I have all <laughs> of this out there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take what I want. You know, there's those mashed potatoes there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load my plate up on those. And so what, what I've seen over the years is, is kind of a gravitation towards, I'm going to take the best, of what I see in these different spiritualities. And I, I've even, you know, encountered maybe a, a lot of people who'd like to blend certain elements. I, I just received a book actually from a friend of mine um, who is kind of blending um, Buddhist practices with kind of Christianity. Hmm. And he's not the first person to have done something like that. There, there's a history there, but nevertheless kind of saying that I can take this one element from Buddhism hmm. and that I really, really like, and I can see a connection to my own Christian faith and kind of, but now there's also some people who say, no, 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 don't, don't do anything like that. Cause you're just going to blur, 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 blur the lines a lot. But for the younger generation, they don't seem to have a problem doing things like that in terms of saying, you know what? I really like this from, from this spirituality or this religion. 
and I like this from this one. And okay. so I'm just going to kind of take both yeah. and, and kind of live their spirituality that way. Yeah. And we've had the talk um, that you joined us on our Instagram on cultures too. And we, we even touched upon that, like yoga, you know, cause some people yeah. view yoga as like this, Oh, that's a, that's a different religion. It's a different practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly so many people do yoga for health benefits, but it is this blurring of culture sometimes and practices and, um, whether positive, or negative, I, I'll tell you, honestly, I think that sounds amazing because I think it allows us to better understand one another better when you, you have that kind of blending, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and speaking to the fact that, you know, spirituality creates connection. So if yeah. we have our younger generation um, shifting their views on this, I mean, I, I have two, you know, I have a 18 year old and a 15 year old, and I certainly would want them to just practice something that, you know, creates a level of peace for them, whatever that may look like, certainly raises a Catholic, but, <laughs> but it may be a different version of what, you know, we what I was particularly raised in. Um, what would you call that Buddhist um, Christian infusion, by the way? Did they come I, up with a name for it? They, they did not. No, the, the title <laughs> of the book was very long because it was not trying to, to create a new name for it. It was simply just a, a kind of a basically saying taking Buddhist breathing meditation practices mm-hmm. in light of a Trinitarian spirituality or something oh, wow. like that. Right. And so okay. it was it was a whole mouthful that the, <laughs> yeah. the book was. So, yeah. But, yeah. but I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with with that idea that spirituality and connection go hand in hand. That, that's. Right. Really, it is so, so important to understand what spirituality is, Mm -hmm. is to realize it's ultimately about connection, how I connect with others, how I connect with myself, and ultimately with with the transcendent or with the divine or God. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's critical to understand. Mary, what do you do for um, the patients in your practice sometimes when you speak about incorporating spirituality? Is there anything that you ever specifically recommend for them? I mean, certainly you have people of all walks of faith, too, that you see in your practice. We definitely, um, at our particular um, hospital where I work, we have um, a rabbi that's on call. So Mm -hmm. if I have a patient that's in crisis um, and that is something that is going to provide a level of grounding and support for a patient that has maybe severe anxiety, panic attacks, Mm -hmm. um, we very much endorse it. I mean, respectful of everyone else's, Mm -hmm. everyone's uh, different views on on religion, but it's truthfully, it's not about the religious. It's about what represents spirituality for you. Mm -hmm. So we'll call upon, um, you know, the priest or or a rabbi or any other mentor that they may find to be to represent that for them Mm -hmm. Uh, because again especially in our field we are dealing with something that you cannot see and there's so much stigma around it that it is very grounding it's very helpful for patients Um, certainly we also get the ones that may have pushback and say um, I don't believe in anything and I always Mm -hmm. say well not believing in anything is believing in that. And yeah. actually it ties back to your, your morals, your ethics and values. So that's where we um, infuse just teaching them that um, our model is very much not about walking alongside our patients. So we, we practice a very specific model um, at the program that I direct, but um, yeah, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We just invite the conversation in and it may also be incorporated in a treatment plan as, you know, a goal that you meet and you, you, in, incorporate your practice um, two or three times a week if that's something that's going to provide you with soothing with the goal of stabilizing your mental health. Well, and Ken, maybe you can speak to this because we've kind of mentioned regards that spiritual health affects our physical health. Um, Even like certain prayers and chanting, the repetition, um, that there is true science behind that and mm-hmm. like when we start doing things like that and the calming sensation um meditation as we've discussed before mm-hmm. but like it allows us our bodies to physically 
to relax, to re- decrease those corticosteroid levels, um, mm-hmm. decrease inflammation. Um, so they're really, it, it, it's beautiful, the infusion of it. And I, I like the idea that it could be incorporated into somebody's treatment plan at the end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone is a rosary prayer, but there's certainly, you know, it's not that kind of thing. It's like, hey, <laughs> go say, you know, <laughs> 10 Hail Marys. This isn't confession, but the concept really of just taking that time even, I think that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. also I'm thinking Absolutely. about uh, the music aspect as well, Jane, mm-hmm. you know, incorporating that. I mean, as you mentioned, the chanting, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it is every little bit that you infuse is definitely, but um, spirituality is, is a foundation. Mm-hmm. It's one of yeah. the constructs of wellness, yes. of our eight constructs of wellness yeah. uh, from our Dr. Lori Boge back on one of our Instagram <laughs> talks. Yes. Nice. Good, good, good. So we have, of course, um, we talked about, I think, how we feel that uh, the pandemic has altered our spiritual health. Um, you mentioned, we want to say, like, basically, any any further observations that you feel are unique to, to this time that we're living in? I think, I think one of them is, and again, it goes back to that whole idea of spirituality and connection really being intertwined, is that there, there has, obviously, there's also been... Um, a um, a certain danger for isolation um, that that many people really tend to to feel, and that that's something that you know maybe for someone their their spirituality was very community oriented before, and now that that's changed, they feel more and more isolated, um, and, and so I think that there, there's a um, kind of a negative part to it too that it has this danger mm-hmm. of, of isolation, and and even if someone especially if someone is, is very, you know, community oriented in their, in their spirituality, you take that community away, you take that connection away. And then that person really is floundering spiritually. Mm -hmm. Not that they, not that they're not praying and trying and doing whatever they're, you know, but, but just that, that, that foundation that they'd always known now is, is taken from them. And where do they go from there? What, what do they do from, you know, from, from this point forward? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that, that's something else kind of along those same lines that we've already talked about that is also kind of important to note. Yeah. I mean, religions and spirituality, there's so much community involvement, truly Mm -hmm. like that, that connection. And yes, there's, um, we, not to keep going back to our Instagram talks that we've done, but, um, we had a neuroscientist really discuss like the spatial aspect of, um, people's socialization these days. And, um, I mean, it's beautiful to have like this zoom connection here that is, we're doing it in, in regards to this, but, I mean, wouldn't it just be awesome if we were just sitting all at the same table having this? And I'd be down in Florida. Right, <laughs> I wouldn't exactly. be stuck in Illinois. No, exactly. Now, Jane, that's, that is going to happen eventually. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, Ken, it is, we've covered so much great information and everything that we really wanted to hit upon and that we uh, people can get some nice takeaways. But we have this tradition, of course, at The Collective View of rapid fires. So we, <laughs> we oh only have two quick ones today. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Ken. So, um, first question would be, what's your favorite place to feel at peace? Oh boy. That's an easy one. Um, I have to be in nature. Um, and primarily I like being near water. Um, I loved fishing is one of my, my most favorite hobbies in the world. And mm-hmm. so if I'm near water, I feel connected and there's something about just being able to kind of let other things go. Um, so water is a big one and right up there, 
really, really kind of the same thing is just another element of nature is being in the woods. Um, give me, give me some time in the woods by myself and people think that I'm crazy, but I've, I can literally spend the entire day from before dawn to, to, to dark and not feel strange or lonely or anything like that because there's such a, a profound sense of peace and again, connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anywhere yeah. in nature, but especially the woods or the water and well, there's lots of water in Florida. It. Just saying there is, it is I know it, it's <laughs> the fishing capital of the world. So I'm, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> Someday we're getting you down. Someday. <laughs> All right. Our second one, just a, a, any inspirational person in your life. Oh, any inspirational person in my life. Oh boy. Oh, um, I, you know, there, there's a, a number of people that, that, immediately kind of come to mind. Um, I, I really think of, um, I really think of, of a priest that I knew in high school who was one of my teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just a very, very charismatic person. Um, and was someone who I think, uh, looking back now, um, probably had a lot to do with me kind of taking an interest in theology mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, ultimately, um, you know, studying it and, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that, that, that would be someone that I would look to as, I would say as kind of an inspirational person. I think there's many that I could point to, but I think that one really comes to mind as, as someone who's talking about yeah. theology today. Right. So. Excellent. Good, good, good. Well, this has been a fantastic talk. We look forward to other great conversations with you, Ken. And to all of our listeners out there, stay tuned for other great information on total health and wellness. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. Thanks. All right. God bless. God bless.